You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. Today, we are going to be diving into when you should be saying no to a sale. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook, and you have joined that group if you are a gym owner. If you are a coach and an owner or a coach, head on over to All Star Cheer Coaches and Owners on Facebook and join that group. And as always, check out nextgenowners.com, subscribe to any of our blogs on our email list, figure out how you can attend our conference in San Diego, and learn more about how to join the academy. Now, I'm sitting here saying we're going to talk about when to say no to sales. And I know that I talk a lot about making money, increasing your pricing, increasing your revenue, thinking like a business owner and running your gym like a business and all of the benefits that that is going to bring to your life as a business owner or why you as a coach should be thinking about those things. And a pitfall many owners fall into is that in that effort, they create an inability to say no to a sale. And it's actually not just gym owners. This is a really common problem for any small business owner is you want to say yes to all of the sales because you want to bring in more money. And saying no to someone wanting to give you money seems kind of crazy. Now, I also get that I really like sales. So if you're like me and you like sales, it's even harder to say no to sales because I find sales really exhilarating. I find it fun to to talk to people about my product and get them to like it and get them to want to buy it and and closing them. It is exciting for me. So we're going to dive into though when you should actually say no to a sale, when you should say, I'm sorry, this isn't a good fit for us as a business. Yes, you have money. Yes, your money is green. It's just as green as someone else's, but I don't want it from you or I don't want this deal isn't good for me. So when should you be saying no to sales as a business owner? So number one is when the profit margins aren't right. Now, this may seem like a obvious one, but if you are not making the right margins on this sale, then the sale may end up being a loss for you. It's really easy to, as a business owner, when you're like, yes, I want to say yes to everything, to quickly get yourself into a position where you look at something and you go, man, the juice wasn't not only worth the squeeze, it cost me money to squeeze that juice. By the time I factor everything in in this deal, I actually lose money on it. And it is possible to do. I'll tell you a story at the end of the podcast on how I recently experienced this. So it's very important that you set your profit margins correctly and that you are analyzing each deal and each sale on is this something where the profit margins are right. Now, you've hopefully done this with your all-star teams. You've hopefully done this with your, your classes. You've hopefully done this with your competitive gymnastics. You know what your margins are on those. So you know that when you register another athlete, it makes sense. But maybe someone wants a special birthday party deal, or maybe someone's wanting to rent something from you, uh, rent space or time, or you have that person coming in saying, I want to offer private lessons and I'm going to give you X and I'm going to take X. And if you're looking at that, like you're like, oh, well, money is money. I'm making $5 every time they do a private, private lesson, but is it worth it? Are you making enough money as the business owner? Are the profit margins there 
doesn't make sense. I'll give you another example of this. We have open gym at our gym. And one of the challenges we have is people will come in and they'll pay to attend private the open gym, but they'll run a private lesson. They don't work for us and they'll use our gym for that time to run a private lesson. And some people would say, take their money. Who cares? I do. I am saying no to that sale. If you're going to come in here and you're going to run a private lesson during my open gyms, you can walk right out the door and turn around. That's not a sale I want to agree to because the profit margins aren't there for me. You're actually taking advantage of the situation. So you got to know when to say no to a deal. Another example or how this might play in is maybe you have a high school reach out to you and they're like, hey, we have a budget of $3,000 and we want you to do our tumbling for us this season. You're like, boom, $3,000. That sounds great. Okay. Well, then they turn around and they say, we want to tumble you know, two times a week. We want you to send someone to our school once a week and we want to do this and we want to do that. And you want to close that sale. It's $3,000. It sounds good. You'll make it work. Well, before you know it, by the time you've staffed it and you paid for your staffing, paid for your time, and even what you've maybe given up on in time in the gym, you've now lost money on the deal. And I'll go into more a little bit later on that in terms of one of the things you should be factoring in because it's kind of putting the two together. But the profit margin isn't there. You're not making enough money there on that deal. And that's a deal you should say no to, even though it seems like you're going to be bringing in a good chunk of revenue. The number two reason you should say no to a sale is when you can't deliver your product the way you should. So if you have a sale or you have an opportunity that is going to dilute your product, then you should be saying no to that sale. Now, this would go, uh, for an example, in an all-star team. So oftentimes, all-star teams are not full, right? And we as business owners, we want to we don't want to say no. We're a no-cut program kind of thing. And we have an athlete come in right now. It's it's back to school time. This is when athletes start reaching out and being like, hey, we, we took the summer off, but we want to join a team. Well, yes, it's tempting to be like, well, come on in. I have a spot on this team. But you should be saying no to that sale if that person joining that team is going to make it so your product delivery is worse. What I mean by that is, Let's say you're on the United score sheet and it now moves you into a different stunting bracket that you wouldn't be successful in, right? It's going to make you have to add a group. So now to take that sale, I'm going to potentially deliver a worse product to everyone else who's already been there. I'm going to make them have to, I'm going to have to create another group. The team might not be as competitively successful. They're going to be less likely to hit because I took this sale. Yes. Is that a big sale? Yeah. An all-star kid joining, if you have your margins are right. It's some profit. And I'm telling you that you should say no if that means you are going to deliver a less than stellar product. The same thing would go with if you have classes that are just crushing life and you've set your limit at 10 students. There's no more than 10 students in this class. That's how we know we can deliver our product the way we want it to be delivered. And you have a wait list that's 20 people long. Yes, the temptation is, well, I'm just going to get these 20. I'm going to throw those 10 more people in this class. We'll go to 20. It'll be fine. Well, not if you can't deliver your product in the same quality that you would deliver your product otherwise. So although it is tempting to bring in all the numbers, if you are not going to be able to deliver your product the way you are intending, then that is a sale that you should say no to. I'm telling you to turn the money away because... You're taking money right now and it's going to potentially result in getting less money in the future because you had 10 people who were loyal clients, then you dilute your product. It's not as good. Those 10 people now leave and you have 10 people left and 
probably not 10 people left because some of those people you pushed in are not going to stay either. So you've got to make sure that you're not diluting your product. Your product is still being delivered with the care, the quality, and the effectiveness that you have designed your business around. The number three is when it will prevent you from a better opportunity in the future or when it will limit your growth or revenue. And so this kind of harkens back to what I was talking about with the high school tumbling. So if you have a high school tumbling group that's like, hey, we really want to tumble with you, and maybe they're even willing to pay the amount that you want them to pay for a good profit margin. But for me, my high school tumbling classes are great, but they don't profit as much as a full tumbling class. So if I have a a team come in and they go, hey, we want to tumble with you, but we only want to tumble with you in your 5.30 slot from this time to this time. And that would require me to cancel a class that is full of kids paying $119 a month for one class a week. And these kids, when they average it out, are not paying $119 a month because they're paying through their schools. So it's a slightly different price. And so I would be essentially passing up or I would be, I would be limiting my growth, limiting my profit from this other program and forcing it in because I want that money and being like, oh, well, I'll just change their time. And you're, you're now limiting your growth. Or maybe this is something that is going to take such a big commitment of your energy or your staff that it's going to limit your growth in the future because you're now having to focus too much energy on this one thing. And it's not worth it from the amount that you're getting to limit yourself for future opportunities. So you've got this one's a little bit harder to kind of suss out and decide whether or not it's something that limits your future growth or limits your other opportunities or better opportunities from coming. But you need to look at those really carefully. So, and maybe it could be like, You have a rental and they're like, hey, we're willing to pay you X amount of dollars for this many days, but we want we want a two-year contract. Well, that might not be a good sale for you. Like, yes, you look at that and you go, man, over two years, that's heck, it could be twenty thousand dollars over two years. Well, that's that sounds really good. Well, twenty thousand dollars over two years, though, isn't even a thousand dollars a month. And if they're taking up a large chunk of your facility and they're lit, it's at a prime time that you could sell otherwise and be making, you know, four or five thousand dollars a month from that time slot. If you do things differently, then that might not be a good sale. You might have to say no to that deal, even though you're turning away money you might need right now. You're stepping on your toes, you're, you're hurting yourself for future revenue. So, as you dive into this, it is important to set some boundaries for when you say no to sales. And I'll be honest, I've made this mistake many times. I still make this mistake. In fact, I found myself in this exact position this summer where I said yes to sales for private camps. And I tried to give people deals and I I thought I had done the budgeting right and I really had not. And I will be honest, I had three different camps this summer that I paid money to host. Like I lost money on those camps and they weren't necessarily the good investment money where it was like, I'm hosting a, a new camp in a new location and I'm taking a risk, but I know it's going to be a risk that pays off in the future. This was like going to someone's program and hosting a, a camp for them. And I lost money on it because I didn't want to say no to the sale. I wanted the client. I wanted to say yes. I have a tendency to want to say yes. So I was like, yeah, let's go with it. And ended up losing money because I hadn't done my due diligence and I didn't set my pricing appropriately. And that was a hard learning lesson for me that I need to not be so quick to say yes. Although I want to make the booking process easy, although I want to be it to be seamless, I want to deliver a great product. 
sometimes I need to say no because I'm not in the business of paying to provide a service. Like I'm not in the business. I would be out of business. If I lose money on every sale, I won't be in business anymore. So we can all get there really quickly in our effort to grow, provide opportunities and our desire to do these new things. We just need to be really, really cautious about are we setting our profit margins correctly? And is this a sale we should be saying yes or saying no to? So as we leave the episode, what I want you to do is set yourself up to quickly analyze if a sale is worth it. I want you to set some some boundaries and some guidelines so you can really quickly assess this. So number one, what are your non-negotiables on profit margin? You need to set that out. You need to say, my non-negotiable, I will not do any sale that I'm not profiting at least X percentage. And it should be more than 15%, guys. Like if you set a 15% profit margin, that could be gone in the blink of an eye with one counting error or one cost going up or a staff payroll going up a little bit. Like that margin can get eaten up very quickly. So a much more safe and conservative profit margin is the the 20 to 30% is kind of industry standard uh, across most industries and ideally more than that. If you can be in the 40, 50% like of my, what I'm charging is, and it's not true profit. It's just, we've calculated our expenses and then there's this, our planned expenses. And we're at like 40 to 50% is left over. Well, that's going to go to operating expenses and other things within the business, but it's also going to give you a, a cushion to have some things maybe go wrong and have to pay for them. That like taking it back to that summer camps thing. What killed me was when I budgeted, I, I didn't look closely at flights. I just kind of set an arbitrary X amount of dollars, figuring it would all work itself out and it didn't. And then flight costs went way up and things that I budgeted, you know, $400 for a flight. I was paying a thousand dollars for a round trip flight for a staff member. And I didn't have a big enough margin. I already had two smaller profit margins uh, built into those camps. So I shot myself in the foot there. So you got to set out what your non-negotiables on profit margin are so you can adequately price your things and make sure that you're saying no to sales that aren't going to be profitable enough for you. What are things that you you need to also then set? What are the things that you absolutely must deliver on to be on brand? What are your non-negotiables for delivery? Like, What are those things that we have to do to stay on brand and deliver the product that we want to deliver? Write those things out so you know if we're sacrificing any of those things, then the sale is something we should pass on. And then what are opportunities that would prevent you from bigger opportunities in the future? This is a harder list, but like what are things that we want to make sure that we're not limiting ourselves from? We don't want to limit ourselves with future class growth or future registration growth or future team growth. Those are things that we don't want to limit. So we want to be really, really strategic on, is this an opportunity? Is this a sale that's going to limit us from those future opportunities that we want to make sure that we're ready to leap on when they appear? All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to record. I think this is kind of a different conversation than we've ever had before, you know, when you should not be taking money from people. Um, so it's been interesting to kind of hypo- like wrap my brain around on. I love these episodes that are a little bit different, a little bit out of the norm. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for other great content related to cheer, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Great content there. If you love the episode, please share it with someone who would get something out of it. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. 
And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.